the scoreline when he looked at it like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes, and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's, there's different levels of hammerings here. OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It is time to look ahead to the second test of Ireland's tour to New Zealand tomorrow morning. They're in Dunedin. Kickoff is at five past eight Irish time tomorrow morning. Delighted to welcome Neve Briggs and Gordon Darcy to the show. Uh, good morning, folks. Gordon, I might just start with yourself. Uh, what's the headspace like before a second test after you've been beaten on the scoreline at least comfortably in the first test? Is there a sense of opportunity that things can only get better? Um, yeah, I think it's 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 quite a hard one, isn't it? Because we'll, we'll get a good view of that uh, this weekend. Is my line bad now? Is it? You're you can uh, hear me fine. crystal clear to me, Gordon. No, that's fine. I'm getting a call back in my ear. Um, yeah, like you're kind of looking back at the times we played in New Zealand, and there has been good performances in the second test. But uh, realistically, history usually is the first test is that best opportunity to um, to. To get some, to get a to get a win over, or to try and get a at least performance against New Zealand. Um, I think you know we'll, we'll get a very good insight into the, how the players are in the first five minutes, and that's not a, a, trying to avoid the avoid the question. But it's almost exactly the same team, and that team struggled in the power play piece against against New Zealand, and I suppose we're we're wheeling the same team out and looking for a different result. Um, it kind of. It, it feels it feels it's it, it might be a stretch what other changes would you have made I, like I think there was an opportunity to freshen things up I think like um, like I'm a huge fan of Caelan Doris I think he's been a brilliant player this season but his last three or four games he is just he probably hasn't been playing at to his high standards and I think Gavin Coombs is probably one of the few players to come out of the the Maori game with um, with 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 a little bit of uh, a little, little bit of credit um, I think he could have. He definitely could have offered offered something there. Um, and again, you know, Bundy um, should have been space made in the centre for him. I don't think Gary Ringrose had his had his best game. Um, but you're you're just you're sticking with the mainstay. And I think there's not that like uh, one of the things I think is very obvious and, and is there isn't that much room for for selection. We know that with uh, the size of squad they brought, and you know, without trying to avoid it, like the, the quality that, that that is or isn't there. So there was probably two or three more places they could have selected, and the fact they didn't, you know, is 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 surprising. I think. Neve, uh, good morning to you. Would you go along with that? The the idea that he's been conservative in terms of his possible changes this week. Look, I think he spoke during the week about giving opportunities to players that didn't probably have their best game. Um, he, he openly said there was definitely issues in that game and players didn't play that well. And I think when you're a player and you're afforded a second opportunity, you kind of feel like that you, you know, that the likes of Andy Farrell and, and his coaching ticket have that confidence in you and maybe it spurs on a different performance. And I think we've definitely got to see something different. Um, my biggest worry was that when Johnny Sexton went off, we seemed to lose our way a lot. And it's got to be a case that I think we've got to start breathing something in there that if he isn't playing and if Joey isn't that type of player that's going to, you know, direct play around that somebody else takes control of that um, and you know I just think we saw that last weekend If we leave the, the concussion issue uh, to the side like would you have liked to have seen a, a change at 10 this weekend then Neve? No not particularly because I think that Johnny Sexton is the best 10 and I think when you go down to New Zealand you go down with 
of you to playing your best team every week because that's how it's so difficult down there. We saw it last weekend. I think New Zealand's, I actually thought Ireland played really, really well for the first 25, 30 minutes with New Zealand's ability to be so clinical after mistakes. And I think you're kind of thinking, OK, maybe if we can start as well as we did and, and um, try and fix those mistakes or not give them easy access into our half, then, you know, we can... We, could, we might have a better opportunity. Like New Zealand had eight t- entries into Ireland's 22 last weekend and scored six tries. Like phenomenal accuracy. Um, so I think if you can try and manipulate the play a small bit and, and try and deny them that easy access through your own mistakes, then you know, you're making life difficult for them. Uh, Gordon, uh, it's hard to find kind of new ways of talking about the, the Sexton conundrum for Ireland because we've been talking about it for so long in terms of trying to find a successor, trying to find a situation that will suit Ireland at the next World Cup. Where do you currently stand on that? You, is it just essentially squeezing the, the, the Johnny Sexton situation until it eventually runs out or, or how would you play it if you were Andy Farrell? Um, yeah, like I think there's a, there's, there's a fine balance and I understand would need the same opportunity to come coming into this, but there's very few games left to figure out if players are at a standard um, that you want to be at if you want uh, a World Cup to be, you know, the the ultimate uh, ju- judgment piece on it. So, you know, Harry Byrne, you know, it couldn't be any it couldn't be any more Harry Byrne that he arrives in and gets um, gets injured in the you know the first week um, that that he's there. So. You know, I'm not sure. You know, and that all seeps into the coach's um, mindset. They're going like, you know, if we pick this guy, can we actually? Is is he going to finish a game? Let alone a like a training section. So I think he's he's starting to um, drift in their selection policy. And I, I do think like on, on recent performance, like Joey has all the potential in the world. But is on recent performances, you're starting to wonder: is he going to be the option at at at, uh, at ten as well? So I think a guy, you know, Kieran Frawley to me I think is somebody who could bolt over the next 12 months and maybe force himself into that utility spot um, as a 10-12 uh, playmaker because one of the things that was also very clear at the weekend was the if Johnny's not there and it's just Joey we need a second playmaker um, or you you need that option, option around it um, I know the game plan is kind of designed to remove that kind of dependency on Johnny, um, but when he's not there, it really doesn't click in the same way. So someone like Kieran Frawley, who's a natural ball player, a natural carrier, with like he just ha- he creates space for other players. He may he may inadvertently be the uh, be the solution. Well, we were having this conversation with Ronan O'Gara last week, and he was saying that Frawley could very well be that option. The, the only issue is that how does he get his reps at number 10? Like, does there need to be uh, kind of a, an overarching decision made on him being the next guy up at, at 10, Gordon, in terms of his well, Leinster game time? Naturally, I think it's going to happen naturally enough in Leinster. If Harry keeps getting injured, they're going to start having to look um, at, uh, at, at, a, at position. And maybe he forces the issue as well and says, listen, do you know what? I started as a 10, I played, did my time at 12. But yeah, I want to go head to head with uh, with Ross and Harry for for this. What do you make of, of that conversation, Eve? Is that do you see the same trajectory for for Kieran Frawley? Yeah, look, I've been a huge fan of him for a long time. I think he's an incredibly good player, and I think that he is the perfect type of player that you'd want in your matchday squad because he covers an array of positions. But Gordon just hit the nail in the head there, you know, and, and you did as well in relation to where is he going to get those reps? You know, you've got to be very careful for next year. Johnny Sexton's obviously going to be, you know, minded exceptionally well that he's peaking for, you know, Six Nations and peaking for a World Cup and, you know, therefore he, he'll have a set amount of games. 
then if you're Ross Byrne, you know, Kieran Foley doesn't, you know, if Ross Byrne is starting for Leinster, Kieran Foley, you know, is, is down that pecking order again. So Leinster don't see him clearly as the, the number 210. So that's a really difficult thing for him. He's very much in that balance. But for me, I just think he's an exceptionally good player. I'd have loved to have seen him involved in 23 this weekend, to be honest. Um, but I just do think he offers you something really good. Very good at taking the ball to the line, but also exceptionally good footwork in and around that tight area, which is what you probably need today, sorry, so or tomorrow. So, yeah, look, I do think there has to be a way we can try and force him in and put him under pressure in situations where we're thinking, OK, he's ready for that international step because, to be honest, at the moment, we don't really know. Mm. And, and there's also, sorry, there's just as jumping in on that, there's also a uh, something to happen in Munster as well. So they need to figure out what the pecking order is. And that's something uh, Johan van Graan never figured out in Munster. So there's still one of three backup out halves in Munster could could come through in the in the next 12 months if they get, um, as you say, in that game time and that game reps uh, done to the to the player who deserves it. Like Jack Riley could. Um, you never know. He could he could come through. Ben Healy could could overtake Joey Carberry. There's, there is still potential out there because the current the current there is no clear um, pecking order in the current group. So there's still plenty of uh, plenty of room for for movement. I think. And I guess the question to follow up with that, Gordon, is is 15 months enough time for a satisfying outcome to to happen here? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, listen, you know, there's you know, you can if you're good enough. You know, you'll have your first test and it'll be rabbit in the headlight stuff, depending on who you start at. And you just go, oh, actually, this is quite a big step up. Um, but if you're good enough, you adjust to the pace and you're going to have good players all around you playing with Gibson Park, playing on the full foot. If you're good enough at 10 and you and Ireland play the way, win their set piece, which we know is paramount to where they're going, you're a good decision maker flat at the line. The Irish, you, you will you will, you will will um, swim rather than sink in, in, in that team. You just need to get the opportunity. That's what I think kind of Neve and I are kind of saying, you know, Kieran Farley would do really, really well in that, for, in that first team. This is the opportunity though, isn't it? Maybe not this weekend, well obviously not this weekend, but the final test oh, again. Like if, if we don't, but if you don't win, if we don't, if we win this weekend, it's like, listen, you know, we, we'll, we'll judge this very harshly, obviously, off the back of it, but like, if we don't win this week and you just make a raft of changes next week, you know, is that, is that the solution? No, but it's when you're when you're making when you're making selections based on the you know reactive selections, you know you're all it's you know it, it will it will feel very you know it'll feel very disjointed I think at that stage. It won't even be so much. I'm not suggesting like a raft of changes. It's just about the situation at ten, like playing beside Gibson Park, playing behind your first choice pack. Like there, there won't be too many more opportunities that are as good as playing away against the All Blacks, right? You can pick. That yeah, up yeah, yeah. Like listen, yeah. Neve. Sorry, go for it, Neve. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah. Look, you're completely right, but I do think it all depends on this this, this result of tomorrow, this weekend. I think if Ireland win that game, they go into a test series decider, and you're thinking there's no way there's going to be many changes, unfortunately. Um, but if there isn't, then 100. percent But I still think that they need to give Joey that time too, and there's the fine balance. You know, you've got a, there's a clear in my mind, there's a clear definition that Johnny's number one and Joey's number two, and everything else comes in after us. And at this point of time, and and you know, Joey needs more reps at that level. Um, I think Ron Nogara hit the nail in the head on Sky Sports last weekend to say that he's a very good and exceptionally good rugby player, but is he an exceptionally good ten? Um, I think that's where the conundrum with Joey lies at the moment. So, do you? you know, decide, okay, he could be our utility back in terms of our second playmaker from a 15 position and let's try and move Kieran Frawley into that 10-12 position. 
Um, I don't know. That's definitely way above my pay grade. But I think at the moment it's it's very clear and obvious to me that you know that Joey is their second ten. And if there's going to be a change at that position next weekend, I, I'd imagine it'll be him starting there. Uh, Gordon, I know I need to uh, let you go in just a couple of minutes. Just on the All Blacks, it's interesting looking at their team this week. Ronald O'Gara saying in the Irish Examiner that Whitelock is a 10 to 15 point difference maker. Do you put him down as, as that big a loss for them this weekend as well? Um, potentially, yeah. I think um, it would give. Because I was wondering how they were going to solve the lineup because um, obviously the, the calling aspect from James Ryan doesn't seem to be coming massively natural to him and that. Uh, Dan Sheehan is is only a recent convert into a into a into hookers, so I think it does give them an, an, a massive opportunity to to win quality possession and for players to be banking on it. Um, so yeah, no, I think that is that is a, that's a huge a huge turn for for Ireland because they can be a little bit more creative. They can get a little bit of movement. They get get some tempo into it, and they can just if they win their ball, then anything anything can can happen. So. He when they when New Zealand competed and we watched the game back when New Zealand competed at our lineout like we really struggled we really did and you know he was he's a key driver in that. What do you expect will happen tomorrow, Gordon? <laughs> um, I'm just going to shake my magic eight ball here. Um, mm. It's I'm really I would be just I just worried with the the form of key players coming in and their ability to last you know particularly in the tight five uh, against this um, and I think New Zealand know have a good footprint to to stop Ireland um, I think we will do we will be really competitive again for 40 50 60 minutes but I'm not sure we're in a position at the moment to be able to stop that kind of 10 to 14 minute spell that New Zealand are so capable of scoring that 3-4 tries um, on, the, on, the, on the bounce that just blow teams away Gordon thanks a million for being with us this morning take care thanks a million guys uh, Neve, good to see you catch up here uh, Neve, we'll just pick things up there in terms of when you analyse Saturday last week and you've touched on this already the, the, the sort of I guess the, the ruthless efficiency of the All Blacks and then maybe some of the inefficiency from Ireland in attack those, those near misses do you cling to those as like instances of hope or does that actually suggest to you that this is going to be the trend throughout the entire series? No, I, I definitely think the instances of hope they're, they're quite easy fixes I think in terms of that efficiency in the 22 I think Ireland's I think I read somewhere yesterday that they had 12 entries and they came away with three tries and it was unfortunate one with Joey obviously and Van der Fleer and so there was definitely opportunities and I think that if you're Andy Farrell and Paul O'Connell and these guys you're, you know you're, you're you're putting down the screen and you're saying look like, we've had a lot of entries in this is our our ability to get there we can do it so we minimise these mistakes or we look at changing up a power play within that zone then you know there's space and there was um, you know, a clear picture of while they were continuing to pick and jam around the goalposts and Sky Ringrose is in acres of space on the edge. You know, you're just looking at one quick thinking flash, like, you know, Gibson Park's quick flat pass or like even a flat kick. Um, and that's another score. And I just, I do think that there was opportunities there that they left behind completely and utterly in terms of, I understand that their, their set piece caused issues, the scrum and the line out. But I, I do think that if you're, looking at them objectively and you're trying to build confidence within that group you're telling them okay look we've become more efficient in these areas and, and scores will come and I guess that probably explains some of the team selection as well this weekend it, it is backing them to get it right this weekend I, I hate to be you know a glass half empty with this next point but 
the outcome this weekend is is really important in that context. Like if, if they have a similar enough scoreline after being back midweek, that probably puts them in a, in a pretty difficult position going into Test three and and even I guess the, the long term confidence of this team. Yeah, look, I think it's very difficult to, in terms of and and very different in relation to that confidence thing. You know, we speak all the time about how difficult it is to win down there, and of course it is because you've got to remember the the this side of the world. You know, they're at a very end of a very very long season. And when they when New Zealand come to to Ireland in November, they're on an incredibly long season, so it's really difficult to gauge until you actually get to a World Cup. And I think, I think that they won't read a huge amount into the fact that if they, you know, results or whatever it is at the end of these three tests, I think it'll be more a case that, okay, we've set pointers out in terms of points of difference in relation to getting guys international experience, getting guys experiencing camp. How do, and you find out very quickly of. Who are those that are good in around that environment? Who can catch up quickly? Who's very coachable? And then you, with a viewpoint that okay, we can we can take these guys and improve in relation to the World Cup next year. And I think while the here and now is really important, I, I actually do think it's, it's what's coming down the line um, for the next World Cup. That's that's probably where they have one eye on um, in relation to this group and where they're going. So like it can be a productive tour even if you do lose all three games. Like it is possible to take positives from it even if that's the scenario. Yeah, I, I 100% think it is. I think that, look, <clears throat> it's very difficult. You want to go down to New Zealand, you want to win, you want to try and create history because you know, you've never won an away test down there and you can go and do that imagine the confidence and the, the off-season for these players. But also, you know, you listen to the players you know, after the game and during the week and for me, I thought it was it was a different kind of type of interview in relation to, yeah, look, we lost. There are definitely areas that we can fix, but we also know that we can be we can be way better, and we also know that we played really well for that first 25, 30 minutes. And and a lot of these players wouldn't have been in a position where if you make a mistake, one small mistake in the URC or Champions Cup, you know, it can be covered up very quickly. At this level in New Zealand, this ruthless nature that they have, you drop a ball, you have a loose kick their ability to score straight away off that which we saw last weekend is the best in the world and it's what makes them so good so I think you're going in this weekend with a viewpoint to try and not kick away possession loosely to hold onto the ball more to be more efficient in and around your set piece and that breakdown and if at the end of the day the result per se doesn't go but you've got a good performance then that's a win I think because of where they are in their seasons Mm. Uh, and, and Andy Farrell's thing this week has been about the, the stomach for the fight he says we'll see if we'll have the, the stomach for the pressure uh, that that was his line this week he's, he's laid down that marker uh, in the past and it seems that the team has responded pretty well to, to whenever he's, he's spoken about that um, it is interesting though that that is the, the, the challenge that their head coach is laying down in public for them this week just to see if they, they have the bottle for a second test in New Zealand after that defeat last week um, how, how, do, how does a team respond to that Niamh, when when their head coach is saying stuff like that? Yeah, look, I, I thought it was really interesting before the tour, you know, he basically, he, he said in an interview that we'll, we'll see who can, you know, we'll know very quickly who can live at this level and who can't within his own playing. I thought that was very interesting and um, I thought it was really good, very honest to say it because as a player, you know exactly what the coach is thinking. And this week, it's no different. I think he's completely right. I think it's, you know, at times in the past, you've lost the first test having played well in patches or made huge amount of mistakes and then you know, we've been in positions where we've got annihilated the following week and um, and come back and played well in the third test. It's that ability to, and this is what it is, it's, it's a World Cup prep almost. It's that ability to churn out performances week after week and to be able to put 
good games and good moments together, you know, three weeks in a row to get that emotional pitch, to be able to be mentally in there seven, you know, seven days, in a, every seven days, sorry, because you, you, you get really high highs and you get really, really low lows, but it's that ability to be able to keep them in an even keel. And I know they spoke this week about, you know, the work that Gary Keegan's doing with them and having that balance that they're, you know, not getting too down in relation to moments of that match and the result last week but also not getting too high, you know, if they go and get a win. So um, I think that that's the most important thing. It's their ability to, if they have, a, you know, an issue in the first or second game in their group stage in the World Cup, that they have the ability to bounce back. And that's what he's looking for. Because mm. it did seem maybe at the last World Cup that once the defeat to Japan happened, kind of the wheels came off a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit harsh. Maybe like they were, maybe they were never going to beat New Zealand that year anyway, but it did feel that maybe that, that got under the skin a little bit. So do you feel that they're a little bit better equipped at the moment to deal with those setbacks? Genuinely, I, I don't know because they've been, you know, very efficient in the Six Nations mm. over the last couple of seasons. And so this is the test and this is what he's talking about. He, you know, Andy Farrell is saying to me, you know, whether we have that stomach, whether we have the ability to bounce back, whether we have the ability to be able to come off that pitch last weekend and be very, very disappointed, but to be able to turn up seven days later and be very much in the zone. It's a very difficult thing to do for a player. Um, but that's what, that's what he's looking for in relation to what's coming down the line. And I think they show up tomorrow players show up tomorrow and they play that's a ticket almost to the plane to to the World Cup and um, so yeah look it is a very difficult thing to do but and and we don't know it's like talking about players that we haven't seen before you know strength and depth in international rugby there's nowhere like New Zealand to to go and try and test the player internationally but just to to say you know should we throw them in we generally don't know because we don't know if they're capable of that of that ceiling so um, yeah look I, I think that's definitely the conundrum for Andrew Farrell and his, and his coaching ticket Alan Quinlan was making the point yesterday that if Ireland are in the game come the hour mark tomorrow that they have every chance of winning it and he thinks that they will win it if they're, if they're, if they're in that position so what do Ireland need to do to get to that point at least Steve of, of being in a contest after an hour yeah look I think they talked this week about you know the set piece Paul O'Connell spoke about the areas that they need to, to work on I think Gordon made a good point in relation to you know the, the line out um, and make, making it more efficient um, you know we, we asked a lot of our front five last week and we've got to ask them to go to the well again and if they can negate that first 60 minutes we're in the game well then you know I feel like from a a back three, you know, back row to, to, to 15 that we're very capable and we've got a lot of game changers in that. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that set piece is going to be huge and I'd be, they've got to be more clinical in that 22 space. So when they get in there, they've got to come away with a score every time. And they speak all the time about the ability to score tries against teams like New Zealand because penalties won't do, but you've got to find a balance that, you know, you've got to make sure that every time you enter there in that score and so when you're coming away with something. Do you think they have a chance? Do you think they will get come away with something tomorrow? Yeah, look, I think they have a chance. I think it's going to be difficult for them for sure. Um, New Zealand team blew me away last weekend in relation to their efficiency. And I think Ireland aren't used to that. They're not used to that pressure um, constantly. Um, so, But um, the fact that Samuel Lack is missing um, is a big loss for them. He's like their, their leader. There's been a huge amount of calls for him to be the captain of the side, um, which is strange in terms of, you know, just still an active player playing. But so, yeah, if he, he, Dalton Papali has had a brilliant super rugby campaign. Um, you know, the fellow that's coming for him. So I, I look, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I think what Ireland are looking for tomorrow is performance. 
of course they can win but I just think you've got to look at a more consistent performance across the 80 minutes yeah for sure Niamh great stuff this morning thanks Millie for being with us thanks Millie thanks guys OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 